Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! It caught me out. I came hard and fast, spurting into his hot, unholy mouth. He didn't swallow. He spat it in his hand and quickly sat up. Close your legs, he said, and I did as I was told, still riding the last shudders of my orgasm. He smeared my spat out on the top of my folded thighs and pushed his cock between them and started to fuck me with brisk, hungry strokes. Claire, stop. Stop it right now. Wait, why? (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so glad you read that, because I also read that scene. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Goodness, but Claire, we have to go do our podcast. <gasps> oh, that's right. We have a podcast. That's right. We don't just read these sentences to each other alone in a room. Although we do sometimes. Although we do sometimes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We sure do. Uh, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. We spoil absolutely everything. Um, if you have come here um, for fresh milk, you are at the wrong place. This is where spoiled milk is. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. It just felt like it was good to follow that particular paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, no. But seriously, seriously. If you've come here just for reviews of romance novels, congratulations. We do do that. We do do that. But we spoil them for you. And if you don't <laughs> like being spoiled, all you have to do is go get these books, read them, mm-hmm. have opinions on them, come back and scream mm-hmm. your opinions into the void because we won't hear them. But right, you can listen right, to right. our opinions. <laughs> so there are two types of people in the world. There are Claire's who don't mind spoilers and will probably continue to listen even though they do intend to read these books. And then there are Neil's who hate spoilers. So if you're a Neil and you intend to read any of these books, go do that before you listen to us. Uh, Claire. Yes, Neil. What did we read this time? Oh, well, this time... (laughs) We read two gifts of books. They are gifts to the world. Well, they were gifts to you, actually. <laughs> well, one of them was. Christmas gifts. Um, Bigfoot and the Librarian by Linda Winstead-Jones and Going Sasquatch by Jess Whitecroft. And the theme was? Oh, um, Sasquatches. 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 Bigfoots. <laughs> or Bigfoots. Big feet. Big feet. Oh, we have read so many iterations of them in these two books. <sighs> Great. I'm so excited to talk about these books. But first, Claire. Yes. What's got you hot and bothered? Let me tell you what. Tell me. Uh, podcasts. Okay. <laughs> I am on a binge. I'm just listening. I'm going around i'm like this one and this one and i'm trying to focus heavily on ladies okay ladies podcasts um and maybe i'll like send links to all the different ones i'm listening to right now but tell you what i am out of work (laughs) and um there are only a couple of things on my to-do list one don't be a monster person and actually take a shower Mm -hmm. two um go for a walk three watch the mentalist for no good reason (laughs) 
but that's on the list, so I yeah. have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and four, listen to podcasts while on said walks. So, right. like, I just put on my headphones, I turn on a podcast, and I go. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's... I've been trying very hard to listen to new things, things I'm not as familiar with. Like if I hear an advertisement for one, like actually paying heed to it and reviewing podcasts and hitting Mm -hmm. the stars, like doing all the things that we ask our listeners to do, which is like, you know, but most importantly, trying new things, like trying to get out of my comfort zone of podcasts. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I'm listening to one about like two people who read self-help books. I'm listening to another one where she's, trying to be a mommy Instagram influencer, but not really. She's an investigative journalist and she's also investigating this. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of feelings podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. You are good, which is a movie review podcast about feelings, which is great. It's so soft. Like if you just want to like be hugged by two podcast hosts <laughs> who have all of your best intentions in mind and want you to feel good, but also you want to hear about the Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend you are good. It's just an hour long hug. <laughs> and and like it's one of those review podcasts where they truly love media. And even if they don't like a thing, they have good reasons why, and it's a good critique, but also they understand why you like it, and they want to love you for it. So not us. Not us. (laughs) Not us. Not two snarky bitches who are going to be snarky about things. But anyway, so podcasts. Okay. And like, it's been good. It's been good to try new things. See, I've been doing the opposite in that... I'm getting... I'm finally getting caught up on all of my podcasts that I... Because two jobs ago... I listen to podcasts all goddamn day. And then last job, I wasn't able to do that. So now I'm like, I'm so behind. And I listen to a fair amount of like narrative podcasts. And I like to binge those. Because otherwise, if it's like, oh my God, what happened last week? Who's that person? I don't know. What? Um, so now I'm getting caught up on my podcast. I'm like, I'm like a year behind Good on Lord. some of them. So I'm getting caught up. Well, nice. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, I, I don't know if that seems dull or not, but it's making me happy. Good. And I like being made happy. Great. Or watching The Mentalist, <laughs> which I feel like is another region of emotional space where I'm neither happy nor sad. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like the sensory deprivation of TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> Neil, what's got you yes. bothered? Um, so sort of along the lines of don't be a monster person and actually take a damn shower. I just, I just want to give give a little check in about how we're doing these days. Uh, I showed up today for this recording at about 10:30 this morning, and Claire and I both had taquitos and gin for breakfast. Taquitos and gin. We're doing great. I recently so <laughs> I recently through a series of both poor timing and not great decisions uh there was a couple weeks ago I think I was sitting on my kitchen floor rummaging through Tupperware after after having baked a cake at 1 a.m. on Friday and I just I had this moment I was like everything's fine this is fine I'm doing <laughs> great everything's fine <laughs> 
So that's why I'm having gin and taquitos for breakfast. Well, brunch, really. Then it's because this is a Sunday. Yeah. So it's okay to. Yeah. To have gin for breakfast. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Guys, it's fine. The world is doing great. We're fine. Everything's great. Yeah. Suck so good, y'all. <laughs> Goodness. God, we're happy. Let's read about Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot and the Librarian by Linda Winstead Jones. Something in the water? Marnie Somerset's new job at the Mystic Springs Library seems almost too good to be true. Yes, the small Alabama town is populated with more than its share of odd people, and she did have a flat tire on her way into town and hallucinate Bigfoot crossing the road, which made for less than a stellar start. Oh my god, that was only two sentences. Uh, but the library is fantastic. Her new house is charming, and the hot local rider keeps crossing her path. In more ways than one. Clint Maxwell is drawn to the new librarian, even though he knows getting involved with someone from outside Mystic Springs would be a very bad idea. Marnie's not a springer, and she won't last long in a town awash with magic. Still, when she's threatened, he feels compelled to protect her. Is she meant to be his? Is this the woman he's been waiting for? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. So that's what the book says. It's yeah. about Claire. Yeah. What's this book actually about? I would 100% say that's the first two chapters. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's just a summary of the first two chapters. Yeah. 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 Um, Marnie is, uh, is a young woman who has come to this nowhere town after she's had a um, breakup and lost her job. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to start over. I want an adventure. So she's come to this teeny, teeny, tiny ass town, Mystic Springs, so that she can do that. Uh, she's, I mean, and this is like a dream job. She is a, li at a, a librarian at the most adorable, beautiful library mm. that ever existed in a teeny ass town. She's given a house as part of like working for the library. And mm -hmm. it's a cute little two bedroom, one bath cottage with a backyard that is like all full of flowers and things. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is though, Mystic Springs is actually magical, y'all. Okay. Agically, agically magical. Agically agible. Um, the concept of this book was amazing. Yeah. I yeah. love it. The setup of her uh, getting this job and this little town and this cute, cute library and her cute little house and like meeting the locals and all of that. And then there's secretly magic is great. But then also the whole thing of like how the magic works and like, so everybody born in mystic Springs has some kind of magic and that's sort of different for different people. So like our guy, Clint is the only Bigfoot, but you know, other people do other things. Or like airfoot. Warefoot, because he's sometimes a man, sometimes yes. a bigfoot, and Warefoot. he can, and he can uh, he transform. Yeah, he can trans. He he can control his transformation. It which specifically is says that his penis goes into his body during the transformation. I was totally gonna wait for that surprise. It took a moment to. Anyway, I was like, I don't. I didn't actually need this. <laughs> I didn't. I get it. I know why right. it's happened. I didn't need it. But then also. 
there is a sort of protective spell around the town so that if people from there leave, they slowly lose their magic. And because of that, there's this like split in the town where it seems like half of the town wants to do another spell that would essentially turn Mystic Springs into Brigadoon, cutting it off from the rest of society. And there's another half of the town that wants to take down the barrier because they think then that the magic will sort of like disperse further. And like Marnie gets caught up in it. There's a murder. Right, because it's great. The reason there is even a job opening in Mystic Springs for a librarian is because the former librarian was murdered. Was murdered. And we find out it's because she found a spell that would do the Brigadoon thing. And then they don't know because like uh Susan? Susan, Susan is like the not the mayor, but she's like the welcome committee. The welcome committee. And, and like head of like the council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um she and Clint are working together. They want to take down the barrier, but they don't know who to trust. They don't know who killed Alice was the old librarian. They don't know who did it. They don't know who they know that people are looking for the spell and they don't know if it's to use it or to destroy it. And like, well, they also don't know who murdered the librarian at the top of the book. Right, right, right. So it was, it was fun. It was actually a lot of fun. It really was. I think like, um, the romance was not romantic. Uh, it was cute. Like, I mean, it was, it was cute. Like she, she rolls into town. Like there's a hot guy who helps her with her, flat tire she's five two and he's six three of course <laughs> so he's hot he helps her into town he's like oh she's gotta leave she's gotta go because you know people from the outside blah 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 and also but my feelings and my sexual needs mm -hmm. and and she's like should i stay or should i leave and like the town is immediately weird for her like it's not just obvious to her that there's magic um, everybody's a little awkward. Obviously, nobody likes her there. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes into the library for the first couple of days. Also, there are a bunch of like abandoned houses. Well, that's one of the reasons why uh, Susan wanted somebody from the outside to come in. Well, two reasons. We'll get to the second reason later. But mm -hmm. the first reason is because the town needs fresh blood because people are leaving. Because people are leaving or dying. And everybody who's there right now is more or less related to each other. Uh-huh we'll get into more later <laughs> <laughs> um but there's a lot of cute little small town things happening like the guy at the hardware store luke his magic ability is to always know what you need before you know you need it which is very helpful if you run a hardware store mm -hmm. um across the street from the library is twin sisters have opened up a bakery and a little cafe right next to each other mm -hmm. um and of course the treats are magical the <laughs> the the bakery treats have no calories okay she talked about salad so goddamn much this woman and just like oh my god carbs and short women just don't mix i mean there I'm was like, so much sure, fat shaming but in this yeah book. like it was every kind of single time food came up she talked about how oh she was being so bad because she was eating carbs or whatever i was just like what like I'm, sh I'm sure there are people like this, but to me, it felt like a 90s caricature of a hot girl. 
And like, this is a woman's relationship with food. Right. This is just automatically a woman's relationship with food. And, um, but there's a lot of things that tipped me off to this being written by somebody of an older generation. And I don't, I mean, even beyond Gen X, Mm -hmm. like this is somebody who would, because like, like every time a cell phone was mentioned, it it felt like there was a whole paragraph explaining why they even had one. (laughs) <laughs> which cracked my <laughs> shit up <laughs> and I, I i marked both times because i thought it was hilarious right um uh clint hadn't uh clint hadn't had a house phone for years he kept it for a while after his parents had passed but service had always been unreliable any calls that had managed to come through on that number had been telemarketers or out and out scams. And if someone in town would come up with a spell to block those calls, they'd make a fortune. Everyone used his cell. That way he could be reached no matter where he was. He occasionally traveled for research and was sometimes away for days at a time. When his cell phone rang, he, his immediate response was annoyance. That whole paragraph was just explaining to us he had a cell phone. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's fine. It's cell phone like, times. If And this was actually the beginning of a new section. So actually, if this section had started when his cell phone rang, his immediate response was annoyance. Yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, he has a cell phone it's cell and phone it bothered times. him. It's, it's cell phone times. So it's fine. <laughs> and I would have been able to forgive it just as bad writing <laughs> if there wasn't also a second time. Tell me. Um, her navy skirt had a pocket, so she chose it for the day, along with a white blouse and her red shoes. She loved red shoes, and these heels were her favorites. Her cell phone went into the pocket. It would be close at all times, even though she didn't expect to, expect to see Bigfoot in the library. Because she's trying to take a, a picture of the Bigfoot. Yeah. But the thing is, yeah, you don't need to tell me. I will not be surprised when she just pulls her cell phone out of her pocket. Like, there's ah. nobody on earth except older women who keep their cell phone in their purse and are happy to put their purse, like, very far away from them when they're working. <laughs> um, no, didn't need that explained to me. And I was like, oh, this is an older person. But this I did mark to read Mm -hmm. because I wanted you because like you said, the premise of this book was so fun and there was the magical stuff was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And there was like even the plot points like the murder (gasps) and trying to solve that was so much fun. Mm -hmm. I wish the heroine had been more involved in solving that. Yeah. But because we had to keep the magic stuff a secret from her for so long, Mm -hmm. she just became um, she just became a damsel in distress. But I did appreciate she did tackle one of the baddies at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, And I... there was a moment, too, because we'll get into Nelson in a bit. But there was a moment that she, like, realized she done fucked up. And there's a passage, I think I wrote it down, that says, uh, Now, this was her mess and she needed to do to needed to be the one to fix it it would be so easy for her to lean and then she talks her stuff out of it she's like no this is my problem so i gotta fix it i'm like okay great no i great. Pre- i appreciated that too the number of times we don't see that in these books yes is well and also this is a heroine who is not a virgin which correct. i also appreciated correct. correct but just so you know how tedious it was to read this book yeah. because we're going to talk about all the fun things and all the things we really did like mm-hmm. next <laughs> But I want you to know this was a tedious read at times. Yeah. 
Main Street itself was charming in a small town downtown way. There were no rhyme or reason to the style of the individual businesses. It looked as if each had been built independently of the others then stuck together. The storefronts were white, brick, and all kinds of colors. The styles ranged from modern to quaintly antique. Some looked neglected while others were maintained. There were windows small and large, painted and unvarnished, awnings on some buildings, but not all. Some businesses downtown the street had a large clay planter in the front door with a green plant drooping on the sidewalk. I'm sorry, so it looked like nothing? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, this is a whole paragraph that tells me nothing. <laughs> like, a, like, as I was reading this, a better paragraph would have been, Unlike other small towns that she had been through through Alabama, there were no fast food chain restaurants. In fact, there were no chain restaurants at all, which seemed odd, but it made the place feel homely. That's great, except that's not in this book. I just said it just now. There but that would have been a better descriptor of what kind of small town we were in. Right. Other than like, it looked like anything, like but anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like everyone that she'd ever been to, but different, but the same, but yeah. different. Let me be nonspecific as much as possible for a whole fucking paragraph. There were also moments where it's like, I'm going to state the emotional motivation about what this character is doing right now literally the next page i'm going to say the exact same paragraph about the emotional motivation for this character right now over and over again it yeah. was insane i was As, like wow why did we say it again in the exact same way and it felt like cut and paste at times yeah or it was yeah i think it was just like a bunch of drafts kind of smushed together you know i honestly think actually it was a one draft and like that was just like yeah. a um a, a break in in her writing day or like yeah it was like a break in her writing day and it was a phrase that was in her head uh -huh. so then she hadn't gone back and reread what she'd already written right so but then you want to reread the whole book before you publish it i know but so she didn't really <laughs> notice that she had like rewritten <sighs> a couple of lines of like a few times i've done that in writing my first drafts oh yeah it happens uh, a lot which is why you, you go back again. and reread it and then delete shit oh I'd like to read a passage. Okay. <laughs> if I may, about... Okay, so Marty's, as a character, is weird. Like, I never knew how to feel about her. Like, there was one point where she's like... There, there are certain things about her that seemed really juvenile. Like, oh my god, he writes these, like, horror books. That's gross. Just like, what? Yeah, I, I didn't, like... And... and as far as like a librarian goes, you don't have to enjoy reading every single book that's in the library, and I'm not going to uh -huh. make you do it. But I don't know. You meet an author who's local. Yeah, you got to read the book. <laughs> I'm going to read a passage about that specifically. She's reading one of Clint's books, and uh, okay. For a chapter, uh, after a couple of truly savage scenes, she re she reached a chapter that had been written from the monster's point of view. There was heartbreaking sadness in the beast's heart. He didn't want to kill, didn't want to be feared and loathed. It reminded her a little of the old movies where the monsters, most of them anyway, didn't want to be monsters. I'm like, I'm sorry. No. Nope. A librarian would be like, oh, like Frankenstein. Right. The invention of horror. Like, what? 
Be like, I'm reading this very touching book that reminds me of non-specific movies. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Also, also, oh God. So <laughs> when she gets to the town, her house is her because she, she sent her st- her things ahead of her, and Susan went in and like set it all up for her, but with Alice's stuff in there also. Yeah. And there's an explanation for it later. But when Susan gets there and it's just like, oh, yeah, the bookshelf, it was like half of my books and half Alice's books. And and she thought it was just so cute and like so welcoming that somebody had gone through all of her things and left a dead woman's stuff in her house. She's like, oh, this is so sweet of, of Susan. I'm like. Girl, get out of there. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Okay. Ugh. So very quick plot stuff. Okay. Our adorable girl, Marnie, gets into town. A very handsome man helps her with her flat, flat tire mm-hmm. um, and pays for her first uh, her first meal because, you know, it's dark and he's got to eat first before he changes her tire. Yeah. While she's out there, she sees a Bigfoot and it like freaks her shit out, but she doesn't know what to do. She gets into town, sees her cute house, goes to bed. Uh, wakes up the next day, goes for her adorable job. Everybody hates her in town and she's trying to figure out why, doesn't get it. That night when she's looking out over her beautiful backyard, she sees Bigfoot again. So after that, she's like, okay, should I just go? (laughs) Everybody in town hates me and there's a fucking Bigfoot. I feel like a crazy person. She's like, I'm going to research Bigfoot because I'm a librarian. I do research. So <laughs> she looks up. There's a couple of books on Bigfoot. Um, I also do not really get into the lore of Bigfoot at all. At all. In this book. I did appreciate. So she started on the Internet. And obviously this is written by an old person because it's like, oh, the Internet was not helpful at all. Uh, but there, <laughs> there was a really charming phrase. It's like, as always, the Internet was a mile wide and about an inch deep. I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah, if you if only you... went to Wikipedia. Yeah, or not even Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Just like the first Google search result. Anyway. And you're like, oh, these 10 pages aren't helpful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that did introduce her to Nelson. Right, who searches for Big Feet and um, has books, which she also read his book. She loved it. She loved his book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then through that she contacts him through email is like yo saw bigfoot here's my address come find me (laughs) like she sends an email with nothing in it it's kind of hilarious yeah um at the same time we're finding out that clint the guy the handsome guy who changed her car is the local writer in town Mm -hmm. who's a new york times best-selling author Mm -hmm. and has written a bunch of obviously werewolf slash bigfoot books Mm -hmm. And, and I'm like, that's hilarious. So you want to keep this whole thing a secret, but you've decided you're going to write horror books about your own kind? I don't know what's going on here, man. <laughs> I think I think it's great. I kind of, I do too, but I wish we'd gotten into it more. Like, why oh, sure. he writes those books. Yeah. Like, yeah. what drew him to that? What was his, like... Because for a second I was like, well, we're always from Marnie's point of view, but that's not true. No, we're not. And, like, what drew him to write about mm-hmm. those types of things? Like... Especially since he himself does not think of himself as grotesque. He loves being a Bigfoot. Do you know what I wanted to hear more about? The ex-wife. Yes. The ex- Is she kept... still in town? I don't know. It seemed like she could be. Pro- maybe. We kept hearing about the ex-wife and how she kept trying to change him. And 
I think we're meant to assume that she was trying to cure him of his Bigfootism. Right. But like, we didn't go into it at all. Not at all. Like, I wanted to read about the moment where he came to that realization Mm -hmm. and like how that has colored his perception of love. And like, because for a very long time, it's like, oh, well, I can't be with Marnie because she's not a Springer, which is somebody from Mystic Springs. But then it's also like, oh, no, he doesn't trust love because that seems people are like, oh, well, they have to not trust love because that's how romance novels work. But you also, again, I think it's another example of like relying on the trope to make up for the fact that you don't like have work done for it. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, he has an ex-wife that tried to change him. And the author's like, oh, that's good enough. Everybody knows why. He doesn't trust love. And it's like, yes, but also we want to see what that looks like for him specifically. I know. I told that would have been like the best place for a flashback. Mm-hmm. Like just a little like, how did he try to, why did she try to change him? Was yeah. there some, like maybe there was a point where he was like conflicted about who he was because and she, she thought she was helping. If the, if the ex-wife was a Springer, then she would have known he was a Bigfoot before they got married. Right. So then why try to change him? And then also like, Again, in what way? Because it's like, oh, is she a witch? Oh, is she something else? Like, uh, it was a missed opportunity. It was. Also, the the way that we talked about Marnie's ex, too, was so nonspecific. Okay, we'll see. Oh, I was specifically, and I want, let's, that's a great transition to talking about Jay. Because I want to talk about poor himbo Jay. <laughs> he sounded perfectly lovely. Oh. And she said he was. Yeah. Like, she said he was really nice. He was very cut. And he was a pleasant guy to hang out with. He just wasn't all that smart, which I found funny because I didn't think Marnie was all that smart either. But whatever. Like, so here's the thing. Like, and I was like, it's fine to not want to be with somebody anymore even if they're a perfectly good person mm-hmm. even if the sex is good what she said it was even if like i believed her too like on paper everything somebody could want and it just isn't clicking mm-hmm. I, anybody can break up with anybody for any reason and it's perfectly fine and that made me wish that the writer would stop bringing him up like yeah. she had and i wished we didn't know his name i wished we didn't know anything about him i really wish she was like i was in a relationship it just wasn't for me and then that's it like that she's open to love and adventure and that's it i might be making this up entirely they were together like three years or something yeah they were they? together for a really long time they were together for quite a while and she's like yeah i just they live together they live together. okay so here's this weird thing too that like in my mind was very underdeveloped like she this writer was like oh she's a librarian ergo she's in love with mr darcy and i'm like okay that venn diagram probably has a lot of overlap yeah i'm all right with it so then she's like oh this mr darcy type and then at some point before this book even started years before this book even started marnie was like oh that hasn't gotten me anywhere i'm going to date the opposite of that which is the ex-boyfriend jay and but apparently it sounds like she's like i wanted to fuck him so i'm going to date him for three years because like she's she talks about like they they never had anything to talk about like he couldn't really keep up with a conversation etc etc so in my mind i'm just like girl you just don't know what you want yeah it was another thing that felt juvenile to me it's like oh i'm dating somebody because that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to date someone because that's what you do when you're late teens early 20s and then you start to learn like oh no i can want things out of a relationship and these are the things that i want out of a relationship 
Yeah, but I she mean, was like, oh, he was he was hot, and I liked fucking him, so we dated for three years, and then surprise, surprise, we had nothing to talk about, and I couldn't like handle that anymore. I'm like, but she kept calling it a mistake. Which was the weirdest thing which to me. Which was the weirdest thing. But because she didn't treat, like, none of her memories treated it as if it was a mistake. Right. It all seemed very nice and pleasant. It just wasn't right mm-hmm. for her. And it's fine to say it was a mistake or there were parts of it or, like, wasted her time. Like, uh-huh. if, if the first two years were great and then the last year was just a dud of a boring year, mm-hmm. I can see the mistake would have been staying beyond yeah. the expiration date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, I didn't see that relationship as a mistake, and it was really kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, like, ha- and, and that made me feel bad for Jay. Oh. Jay was the one who was trapped in a bad mistake relationship. Yeah. He was trapped in the relationship with a woman who didn't think he was smart enough, like, mm-hmm. was only really using him for sex, mm-hmm. and didn't really respect the fact that he might want something else. Mm-hmm. And I felt... And then she left to have a bigger, better adventure without obviously communicating any of that to him. Yeah. And uh, I felt bad for Himbo Jay. Yeah. Yeah. And I only call him a himbo because I think it's funny, not because it's absolutely true. And I don't think it is of it is derogatory in this sense. I think he was a very nice man who just liked going to the gym. Yeah. And probably liked having sex. So. Himbos who are nice men also deserve love. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh. Um, I'm glad Marnie broke up with him, and I hope his next relationship is very good. Yeah, I bet he's going to date like. <gasps> he's she gonna... set him up with somebody who oh, she did thinks she? is perfect. Okay, that was nice. In my mind, I'm already like doing a spinoff novel where he they they lower the barrier, and then he ends up dating a siren or like a mermaid. Yes. Oh, that'd be great. Um. Anyway, but then the Mister Darcy thing start to pull it back to you trying to do a plot synopsis. Mr. Darcy <laughs> thing comes up again when Nelson shows up because he's British. So he's Mr. Darcy. So sh- he's exactly what she wanted all along. But he's a fucking dick. Yes. I um, really liked that he was a dick. I like that he was a dick. I also really enjoyed. So by this point, Marnie and Clint had fucked and realized that they were into each other, but decided against it. Right. Um, no. Oh, okay. In fact, so what had happened was at the end of Marnie's first week, uh, they had thrown a party for her. The street, the block party. The block party. And- Where? Oh, sorry. Really fast. Can we talk about funeral cake? <laughs> so the mayor of this town is this creepy old lady who makes something called funeral cake. Where if you eat the cake, you'll die within a year. And first, at first, when they said funeral cake, I'm like, oh, she poisoned it. But it's like, no, 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 Neil. There's magic. So it's like, you're going to be dead within a year. It could be a, a plane crash. It could be anything. But if you eat this cake. And she comes up to Marnie holding a piece of cake in her hand. And it's just like, I made you some cake, dearie. And Clint, like, bats it out of her hand. He's <laughs> like, don't eat her cake. And Marnie's like, oh, is it that bad? And it's like, you have no idea. And then we find out later that it's funeral cake. And I'm like, okay, first of all hilarious second of all that bitch just tried to kill marnie i know like, hello library and i made you cake dead I, bitch i also thought that was hilarious it was great and it was one of those books like that we've read before where there's a town full of quirky characters mm-hmm. that make the whole book sort of come together uh-huh. in a neat little ensemble I, this book almost didn't quite make it there, but there was a lot that it was almost there for, and I was yeah, excited about. Yeah, only a couple people were actually were actually quirky. 
Um, the rest were just secretive because they had powers and didn't want to tell Marnie. Right. Yeah. Um, Luke, Luke was great too. Right. Luke was great too. So they're throwing the party for her and her and, oh God, what is the name of our main man? Clint. Clint. Uh, okay. So her and Clint have had a flirtation and he's come over and they've kissed. Mm -hmm. And absolutely there's sort of a sense like something's going to happen at the party and she's mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing him. He shows up a little late because he's gone on one of his Sasquatch runs. And... Um, <laughs> Could you imagine if he had an Insta? <laughs> I'd love it. Out for a Sasquatch run. <laughs> so... He comes in. It's flagged as inappropriate because he's naked and he has to yell at Instagram. He'd be like, my penis retracts into my body when I transform. It's fine. <laughs> oh my God, the retraction. Anyway. So, oh God. <laughs> they just made me so uncomfortable every time. <laughs> like we didn't have to mention We it. did need to talk about it. Get it. <sighs> Anyway, so Marnie immediately takes his hand, drags him into the history section where she's like, nobody's coming here. And they fuck. Yeah. Like, right away. Yeah. At a party that the entire town is at. Yeah. And directly afterwards, they go to the bathroom to clean up. Um, this was, by the way, the only real sex scene in this book. Mm -hmm. There wasn't one in the house? Not a full sex scene. It was a gloss over? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like there was, it was just sort of like, oh, and then it wasn't, it wasn't this nice mm -hmm. sort of thing. But so, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so she goes into the bathroom to clean up and she comes out and like a drunk kid needs to go throw up in the bathroom and she goes, holy shit, anybody going to the bathroom could have seen us because the history section's right there. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a break room that they yeah. could have got. I anyway. kept thinking that. I was like, there's a whole fucking couch upstairs you know you know what though you know what though an adventurous straight lady we don't see it a lot we don't just to be like i want to no. fuck this guy so much i'm just gonna do it in the history section of the library get it girl yeah no i get was it, on board like i was perfectly fine with it like and i kept wondering if like we were gonna find out she had magic powers if it was like something to do with sex or if like her magic power was finding a thing mm. i really thought the plot would have come together if that turned out to be her magic power oh, and so then yeah. when she's in the house and they asked her because there's a moment she's like well tell me what you're looking for because they have her with spoilers tied to a chair and, they're, <laughs> and like, they're demanding that she say like what they're looking for anyway and and i was like oh her magic power is gonna come out she's just gonna go oh it's right there <laughs> or 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 she will like have a flashback to Alice hiding it and like know all the right and be like oh and like really understand in that moment why she couldn't give it to <sighs> well and that's kind of what I thought they were building towards because she was able to navigate the library really fast yeah. she felt at home in the house quick I had a thought the the people that tied her up they also wanted to destroy the spell right yeah so they weren't actually bad guys. They wanted the same thing that Clinton Susan wanted. Yeah. They just murdered people for it. So yeah. like, yes, that is bad. But like, why do that? Why not have them be the Brigadoon people? Yeah, no, I do not know. Oh, that was so bizarre. It was. <sighs> it was anyway, very bizarre. But Nelson, I really appreciated two things. One, that he was a Sasquatch hunter. And that like, I did I, I applaud this author to be like, what's a good 
tension between these two people. He's a Sasquatch, and she, not knowing that he's Sasquatch, invites a Sasquatch hunter into the town. Conflict. I'm like, great. Yeah. And then Clint has this moment that he's like, fuck, I'm really mad at her. And, like, obviously she didn't know because I haven't told her. So, like, it's not her fault. I'm just still really upset about this situation. In part because he, like wanted like he wants to be with her and he sees this as sort of like a barrier to the relationship that he created because he isn't open about things um but i i really liked that tension and then when it turns out that nelson is also a bigfoot nelson is also a bigfoot he is drawn to big feet in part because it turns out he has some springer blood in him and it was one of my favorite scenes where mm-hmm. he transforms for the first time and it's nuts and it goes wrong it's like halfway right and clint Ugh. comes out and has to save him and takes him back to his house and like they're instantly friends Mm-hmm. And instantly it's like he's dropped the fake ass accent. Like all of this is new. He knows kind of where he belongs now. I thought that was really, really lovely. And it mm-hmm. was so nice not to have a punch out fight between two possible rival like yeah. love interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. Um Yeah, and the the, the, the so, the... so basically we're talking about everything other than the romance and how fun it was. <laughs> Well, because the romance itself was, I mean, it was sexy. The sexy stuff was sexy and they were too, they were hot for each other, which was sexy. But honestly, the romance part was just kind of dull because she was kind of a dull heroine, like you said. Yeah. She didn't have a lot going on. And all of his romantic feelings for her were instinctual. Like yeah. just completely based on, I think we belong together and sort of fate and magic love and all that, which is nice. But it doesn't, get me going like yeah i want to know what attracts into her and he keeps saying things like she's curious and funny and i'm like i didn't see any of that in your interactions together so mm-hmm. that makes no sense to me yeah and I, co- I completely understood why she liked him though like yeah because he was interesting but he could have been so much more interesting if we yes. if we got into his backstory but like i wanted to hear i almost never want to hear about the ex in part because and i will i will applaud the author for this like the x is terrible and it's in a way that is like cartoon villain that you you don't necessarily trust the main character's ability to like judge a good relationship but this time like oh she wanted to change him and it's like oh that's we know that's bad but like because of the circumstances i just wanted to hear so much more about it I know I'm just repeating things that we said, but like he, he could have, and cause also he, he's, you know, he's the strong silent type and like, it would have been great to see the tension of us knowing all of his hurt and his, watching him withhold that from Marnie and knowing that if he were just open about it, that it would be okay. Like that tension would have been delicious, but because we didn't hear much about him, other than the fact, you know, like he misses his dad and he feels alone being the only Bigfoot. And sure, that's great. But like, I just, I wanted to hear more about his hurt around love so that I could be like, yes, be with her. She can fix it for you. Well, not fix it for you, but like, no, but- she's the thing you need to help you fix stuff. Right. No. And I think like, I wanted the same for her, really. Yeah. And honestly, like, y- there just wasn't enough 
actual romance there or mm-hmm. romantic tension between them really I, they, I mean i knew their love was inevitable um but other than that the plot was super fun and uh-huh. it's went in really interesting directions mm-hmm. and i almost could have done without the romance like if the romance didn't even like barely happen until the end like they just had a lot of character chemistry together yeah yeah, yeah. a la slouch witch yeah i think that would have been really fun um i i re- looking over my notes another reason you can tell that this was written by an older person <laughs> they're about to have sex for the second time, I think. And Marnie mentions that she's on the pill. And Clint's first thought is, he 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 wondered why, but chose not to ask her. And I'm just like, why do you think? Yeah. I, what? Well, no, and then she had to explain it. Like, she was like, oh, well, I was in a relationship, but I'm not. And I just stayed on it. And I'm like, again, we don't need to know. It's okay. She can just say, I'm on the pill. And he goes, just great. Be on the pill. Yeah. Which, I mean, I appreciate that this author even brought it up. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Most authors are just like, yeah, he just shoves it in there and they don't have to worry about pregnancy or STIs or anything. Yeah. I feel like we're almost done with this book. Yes. I've got one big thing though that I want to bring up. Yes. Um, this book is full of white people. Yes. They are all white people uh-huh. except for one guy, uh-huh. which we, and I know because the author decided I need to point out this person's race. Nobody else's race was brought up. We knew the two main characters are white. So honestly, we got to have to, we more or less, like, I feel like the assumption is most of these characters are white. And I felt like I could have, like, in my mind, made them all, like, more ethnically diverse mm-hmm. in my mind. Except for the fact that she finally brought up someone's race. And it was a Native American looking guy. <laughs> who was a volunteer firefighter who used magic to stop the fire. Yeah. Oh no, actually to bring rain to act, to bring actual rain onto the the house that was on fire. And I was like, okay, so this is Southern Alabama, Southeastern Alabama. And we know that because she does like mystic Springs is a fake place, but she mentions a real place, right? She mentions a real place, which is Eufaula, Alabama. And this took me down a research rabbit hole. <laughs> so tell me about Eufaula, Alabama. And the other thing with this book is what it relies on heavily is generation, historical generations. Mm-hmm. Like that magic people have existed in Mystic Springs for generations of people. Mm-hmm. And so there is a little bit of a question at some point, like when did the magic start? When did the magic people get here? Um, hundreds of years, like uh, hundreds of years ago, the don't the kind of magic dome that sort of protects them was mm-hmm. put over them. Um, and they keep referring to the houses as, as over. This one's over a hundred years old. This one's over a hundred years old. Well, the book, which, like, let's assume early cell phone days, just for funsies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they still have to be. I don't. Well, it's the, they have cameras on them, and they're kind of good cameras. So let's say middle cell phone days. <laughs> <laughs> so like early teens. Yeah, uh, yeah. so let's say early earliest. teens. Um, but that does mean that 100 years ago was still the 19 teens, mm-hmm. which actually isn't all that far when you're in that part of the country. Right. There are buildings that are way older. Mm-hmm. And in fact, a lot of that country is steeped in 
uh, the history of the South, which is mm. full of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and this particular part of the South, especially. So, like, you really can't escape that. So here's a teeny-ass town full of nothing but white people that about 200 years ago... <laughs> decided they were going to put a magical dome over them so that nobody else could get in or find them. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. This author decided out of nowhere to have one Native American character. Eufaula, Alabama. First of all, Eufaula is named after the Native American tribe. <laughs> That used to reside there until the Trail of Tears. And then they were forced to move to a place that's now called Eufaula, Oklahoma. (laughs) Um, The population now in Eufaula is about 13,000. Oh, goodness. Half of that is African-American. It actually is a pretty large African-American population. Despite that, the first integrated prom was not held in Eufaula until 1991. Oh, no. Uh, And when Alabama seceded from the U.S. in 1861... Really, Eufaula also ended up being like the fallback position at the end of the war <laughs> when uh, the, uh, the, the capital of Alabama was taken over by forces from the north. Mm-hmm. So that's where Eufaula is where they all went to. Great. And it is considered one of the last battles of the War of Northern the Aggression. The War of Northern Aggression. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Of course, it gets worse. (laughs) Oh, no. Claire, why? In 1874, um, white supremacists decided that, well, open elections are bullshit. And they held a race riot (laughs) where Uh. they killed, maimed, hurt, and otherwise uh, made sure that black voters did not go to the polls. Um, Seven people died. Uh, and over 70 were shot. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, there is no memorial in the town to that. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things that they do when you fall Alabama is like a tour of the old houses, which are all, of course, you know, antebellum houses. Mm-hmm. Um and some of those houses were shown off in Sweet Home Alabama. So if you want to know what you follow looks like, they have some B-roll that you can see. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Um, and of course, uh, cotton was, of course, the biggest deal. Yeah. Um, but what's also interesting about Eufaula is it had, uh, it had a free black Baptist church, even in the middle of, um, of slavery times. Mm-hmm. Um, because the black Baptists were like, we don't want to go to the white church anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, we're out. (laughs) And so they, they removed themselves and it was founded their own congregation. So it's one of the oldest Southern black Baptist churches and is in Eufaula, which tells me that this book, which is 
seeped in its own fucking history, has decided to entirely eradicate the actual history of the South from it, even though that actually might have been very interesting. Especially if uh, these magical people had maybe at one point escaped things like the witch trials from the North or Mm. from England, came here, founded themselves here, became a sanctuary from for some of the Native Americans who were eventually trying to be pushed out of the way and also became a sanctuary for those people who were freed men and wanted to like live freely. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have that have been a fucking interesting book? Uh... <laughs> and that the tensions between those people who were now like, no, it's modern times. We know we don't need to be hidden anymore like for so many reasons Mm -hmm. like we can be out and like we can and like oh no we should in fact close in more Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the tensions are so interesting Mm -hmm. if it's not a completely white society (laughs) in the middle of alabama yeah on top of that you know that there are no queer or trans people there either absolutely none Mm -mm. i was really hoping the two baker the bakery and the uh yeah and then they were sisters so yeah what were their names ivy and oh i wrote them down but who can say who can say ivy and something yeah and one of them liked marnie and the other one hated her yeah so i thought that would have been perfect um even ivy even ivy anyway so i went down a huge rabbit hole with ufala but um it just it made me upset that there was actually story avenues and reasons why this could have worked and deepened the context for the story and enabled this author to go in so many wonderful, fun directions with mm-hmm. uh, that are both full of history and connect to like where we are, but instead was utterly ignored because she's white, I'm assuming, yeah, and just doesn't see that. Yeah. Because she old. it uh kind of reminds me just this conversation reminds me of um uh the vampire one yeah where it was basically like without actually saying it basically like how many slaves did my grandpappy own and like the author was just like oh that's so obnoxious that they're peppering him with all these questions and not oh my grandma's racist uh yeah goodness anyway so womp womp. that was that book that was that book <laughs> going sasquatch finnegan and morrow book one by jess whitecroft Lovestruck lapdogs, lazy Instagrammers, and calcium deposits in the pool. Hollywood personal trainer Sean Finnegan, Sean Finn Finnegan, is having one hell of a week. Not helped when the much-feared agent Angie Lord calls and demands if he knows why her hottest property, winsome superhero star Chase Morrow, has suddenly quote gone Sasquatch unquote, and apparently disappeared off the face of the earth. Out of concern maybe a little unrequited love let's be honest finn goes searching for chase but this leads to a day so bad that when he does catch up with his crutch they both agree that the best solution to their very hollywood problems would be to take off head up to bigfoot country of northern california and like america's favorite cryptid cryptid 
pretend not to exist for a while. When Finn and Chase discover that their long-held attraction is entirely mutual, they also discover that going off the grid is not that easy in the 21st century, especially if you're an A-lister. That's that book. Mm-hmm. Neil? Mm-hmm. Is that what that book was about? Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's fair. What I was surprised by is that Bigfoot is part of some character development. Yes! So, like, that's fun. Um, there was actually a lot more Bigfoot in some ways in this book than there was in the other book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you were ever curious about the history of Bigfoot, oh, this author did their research. So, all too much research. I feel over and forth. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I loved all the references. Yeah. No, it was great. Okay. um, I enjoyed this book. Also, I could tell it was written by a woman 2% in. (gasps) (laughs) Let me read you a passage. Yes, please. Um, Oh, also, we have to talk about the buy thing. Like, I'm really pissed off about that. Okay. Okay. Um... So when the Lord, Angie, the agent, (laughs) calls Sean because Chase has gone missing to ask if he's seen him or if they're like, oh, did he seem okay? Did he seem off or whatever, whatever. This is Sean's response. He seemed fine, I said. That is to say, he seemed straight. No, 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 no. And I was like, I, d- I don't know what about that. I was like, first of all, that's like, do you know what I think it is? I think it's this like, it seems dated to me. This sort of like somebody says something and then the author wants to tie that into the person's feelings about the other person. Yeah. And so they go through this weird sort of like mental leap to get there. And I don't know what about that. I was just like, I don't think this was written by a queer man. And then I checked. No, no, it was not. Um, And then it also mentioned like, oh, yeah, I'll be on top next time. And like, nope, that's not how it works for two men. (laughs) Nope. Sorry. Because when you say that, you mean literally being on top. It has nothing to do with who's inside of whom. (laughs) Just so you know. Also, baby wipes. Baby wipes. Ah! Okay. There was a moment I was, okay, so yes, tell me about that. But also, <laughs> yes, go on, go on. I'm okay. sorry. I wanted to interrupt because the thing is, the moment that happened, a lot of the sex in this, I was like, okay, I don't know. It that was kind of weird. Wrong. Like I'm the thing sure. you read at the beginning of the episode where like, uh, and I was like, these, where these did they put this bit? Sean's <laughs> come as lube in the divot like at his hip joint and just fucked that yeah like i what? guess what? Uh, uh, yeah, the anatomy seemed all wrong yeah. several times one but that the part in particular the baby wipes where he wipes okay where it seems like he's wiping the anus a little yeah, bit yeah yeah to prepare which i'm like that's not what you do <laughs> but also then licks i'm like Okay, like I can kind of see, but also ugh, baby wipes taste bad. Okay, no, <laughs> the first time we see a baby wipe, 
uh, they used it to clean up after. Like, I I think it was Chase had come on himself, and so they used a baby wipe to clean up. And I read that. I was like, somebody told this bitch that the gays use baby wipes, but didn't tell her what they use it for. <laughs> and this is the byproduct of that. And then there's a scene they're about to have sex, and part of the foreplay is Sean wiping Chase's ass with a baby wipe. I'm like... Unless you are into some very specific things, that's a Chase being like, oh, let me go get ready and takes care of that himself in the bathroom first. Just like just like straight ladies do, FYI. <laughs> All of those like, oh, let me slip into something more comfortable in the bathroom. Also, I'm going to wash up a little down there in case it's a little stinky. stinky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what that time is for. Yeah. It's not just for like prepping my lipstick. That's all going away. <laughs> you got two sets of lips you're working on. Indeed. So yeah, it was just like, and it had been so long since we had read these books regularly that I forgot what it felt like to read a book by a woman about gay men for other women to read. And and I have not I have not looked at this author's other work, but I know I I would bet I'd bet a significant amount of money that everything else that this author has written is about two men, because that's what we see. Yeah. Women, usually cis straight women, writing romance between two men for other cis straight women to read, and like. I'm in theory I'm not opposed to that like write about what you want to write about as long as you know what the fuck you're talking about like we don't clean up with baby wipes that that shit's expensive that's what towels are for and then like read what you want to read like straight lady like I force you to read books about two men and like I'm not upset about it because I because I know that you're approaching it with care and like understanding that like oh even though more often than not, the book was written for you. It shouldn't be for you. But it's like... <sighs> I feel... Fetishized, in a way. And then also excluded. Because very rarely is a guy like me represented in these books. And then, like, capitalized upon. And I don't like it. Yeah, fair. So here we are. That being said, this book was funny as hell. <laughs> like, I mean, if it wasn't for the sex scenes, like, yeah. Uh, also, also, like, uh, uh, Sean deciding that he was going to like jerk off in the motel room because Chase was there, and I'm like, listen, that's how a lot of gay porn starts. Don't get me wrong, but it's also gross. Also, okay, no, we have to talk about the bi thing. We have to talk about the bi thing. Yes, 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 please. Okay, so at one point, Chase has gone missing, and Sean goes to his house. No, previously he had seen, he had gone to, uh, Chase's house and seen a very beautiful woman in a white bikini. And so he's like, oh, Chase is straight. That's his girlfriend. They're both hot. It makes sense. Sure, whatever. Later, they bring her up. Chase and Sean brings her up to Chase and Chase is like, oh, yeah, like, we were kind of friends with benefits for a while. 
and it was fun and all, but like I'm fairly certain she had a huge crush on this other girl over there. So like, you know, they're off doing their thing, and and we called it quits. And then and then later in the same conversation, Chase is like, "Well, I guess technically I'm bi. No, just be bi. Just just be bi." And like, okay. I'm not here to tell somebody how to identify themselves, but also, like, bi representation is sorely lacking. And also, like, this weird antiquated view of it's sort of like an in-between space before somebody actually comes out as being gay. Oh, yeah, I hated that. Yeah. So, like, for him to be like, well, I guess technically, but no, just like, like... I mean, they they Casey. said they used the word within like the discovery of 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 like kind of what each other's sexuality was mm-hmm. confused, yeah, five times, right? Within the same like couple of three pages, right? Uh, and and like as they're kissing for the first time, Chase says, "I'm confused," and he says, "I guess I am too," and then. And then they have sex and it's like, oh, no, I'm not confused about my sexuality. Although I was dating a girl who I think was confused. And it was like, why do we have to be confused? Like, I en- I, I enjoyed that there was a slight clarification where they were both like, no, no, I'm confused about my feelings. Yes. But then I was like, well, then why are we saying that somebody else is confused about their sexuality? Right. Because another thing, too, is that like Chase seems so very sure of himself as a person to be like, well, I guess technically I'm bi. It's like just he can just fucking be by and then sean seems to go out of his way to not acknowledge that because later he's talking to anchin he's like oh so you knew he was gay by whatever yeah like, don't be a fucking dick yeah that's that is not okay yeah no that was upsetting and weird yeah it was oh god in an otherwise like and again in an otherwise like really fun book where there was funny things happening, the mm-hmm. characters were interesting. I actually really, really, really liked the plot of this book. Yeah, I thought it was really well constructed. I thought um, it rounded out really well. Like all the Sasquatch stuff was so well integrated, mm-hmm. and I couldn't agree. Like, I mean, there was a lot of references in this book I didn't get, and it wasn't the Sasquatch stuff because I like cryptids. But <laughs> there's a lot of like pop culture stuff I didn't get, and yeah, and I was like fine with it. Like. Fair amount of it, I think. I, I felt like I did too, but I also yeah. didn't feel left out, not knowing yeah, yeah, some yeah, yeah. of it. I just felt like this is how they've how these characters talk, so it was all yeah. right with it. But it was upsetting <laughs> to have all of that be so good and so firm and then have just like utterly like Pornhub video clip style sex <laughs> throughout all mm-hmm. the time. And uh, with <laughs> no condoms or lube or or anything like that um, in sight. There was a condom one time. There was a condom one time, and I th- well, but it was almost a plot device because we had he had to yeah. find the phone. But I read that as being as establishing like in further escapades, there was a condom, and we just don't need to mention it. But I mean, who knows? But yeah, that thing with the phone was so bizarre. Uh, but yeah, it just it like. It frustrated me that, like, Chase couldn't just be bi and, like, be comfortable in his bi-ness. And then on top of that, that Sean was so dismissive of that. Yeah. It was... It was upsetting. Um, 
there's something else that really irked me that I'm sure will come to mind. But all of that aside, it's, okay. So if you don't like that, don't read this book. Yeah. But if you if you if you think you can shake your fist to the heavens and then like write a scathing review on Amazon or whatever, but continue to read this book, I say go for it because. It was, oh, it was, th- th- I just remembered. The other thing, they had sex and then they both assumed that they were dating. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. nope, nope. Only straight people do that and only in romance novels. Yeah, and also like not a movie star who cannot be out. Like who's decided at some point because of his career that he's not going to be out. Yeah. Like, well, I do appreciate that they br- brought up like oh yeah you you can't be out because we want you to be marketable in like russia and china which sorry real quick rant every time somebody's like oh there's a gay character in a disney movie i'm like two questions right off the bat one do they actually use the word gay queer bi lesbian any of that no great also when we see a queer character interacting with a love interest or talking about being queer is there anything else going on in the scene or is it a scene that can be removed when disney ships it over to china and russia because that's exactly what happens every time disney's like we we have representation fuck you no you don't right anyway but yeah they were just like i guess now we're dating no you're not no you're not you just had sex the one time and like another thing too that i find uh, very common in books, ri- romance novels written by straight women. It's like, I want to fuck this person so bad that means I'm in love with them. I'm like, no, that's not it. That's, no. Those two things are separate from each other and can exist at the same time. But like, in my experience as a queer man, if I go and fuck a guy, sure, if it was fun, like if we had a really good time and we connect in a way that's beyond the sex, then I'll be like, oh, I wonder if we started dating and what that would be like and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, that seems like something worth pursuing. I hope he's interested. But sure, as like hypothetical or sort of like planning for the future, if you will. But never, never once, never once. Have I fucked a guy and we looked at each other and be like, well, I guess it's time to meet the parents. <laughs> like, never, never. Well, the thing is, like, in a lot of, like, straight people's real lives, mm-hmm. that's not how it works. But, I mean, that's what romance novel wants to teach. That's what romance, romance novels want to teach us. And it's this, it's this very puritanical, straight view that like sex and love are inextricably tied to each other and the only the only time it's okay to be sexually attracted to someone and to have sex with someone is if there are romantic feelings as well right and like that's what the narrative is told that that narrative is told to us all the time and whenever we are like the 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 jump from I want to fuck that guy so bad to we fucked and now I'm in love with him or like now I realized I want to fuck him because I'm in love with him usually takes a page and a half in yeah. these books and it's just like that's not how people are that's not how feelings go and it's one thing like I understand like oh economy of words and you only have so much time to like get from the enemies to lovers kind of thing sure but also like <sighs> I feel, you know, some people say like, oh, you know, this is just romance or it's 
just comic book movies or whatever and can be dismissive of like quote unquote fluffy media but i still feel that people who produce this media have a responsibility to understand like oh i'm just adding to this ocean that is this one narrative and what that means and how that influences people in their own lives like the number of women that i have met who are like oh my god i was obsessed with romance novels when i was 13 and then they go into dating thinking that it's like a romance novel when it's not and if they've read the wrong romance novels then like they're gonna end up in some not great situations and like put up with some not okay behavior because like oh fucking rourke like picks you up and throws you on a bed and essentially rapes you but it's okay because he's hot and has money so just go with it ladies i don't know it's the gin i'm sorry <laughs> anyway i don't think you should apologize for these types of things i i feel like 100 percent agree i just feel like i go on these rants enough times that i'm sure everyone's like say something new neil but <laughs> whatever i have gin gin and taquitos make me make me real salty so here we are uh, i did i didn't go into this thinking i was gonna go on one of these rants but here we are anyway all of that aside all of that aside like oh god if this book had actually been written by a queer man even a queer person i don't i don't know if this author is queer or not but i'm assuming not anyway so that dialogue is real fucking snappy. There are some laugh out loud moments. Oh, and yeah. It's so sweet. Though, also, Chase continuing to show up on Sean's property is a little weird. Well, so, and that is something we need to say. So, what happens is uh, Sean is just at his job, his business that he owns, and he's a personal trainer to the <laughs> stars. He's been doing really well. Um, he currently has a star, an Instagram person, like, waiting for his training to start or her training to, to get going and waiting mm -hmm. for him to start um the agent calls and is like have you seen this you know chase no i haven't our our guy sean is worried because he likes chase because he wants to fuck him wants to fuck him Goes and knows nothing else about him like it very specifically says that chase is like very you know professional very like courteous but also like a little reserved, a little detached, Bland. very much like this is yeah. a working Sean relationship. Sean knows nothing else about him. Sean knows that nothing isn't about in him. in the public already. Other than he wants to, other than he's obsessed with his ass. Obsessed with it. Which, it sounds great. Don't get me wrong. But like, obs and, and this, like, this like sense of ownership because the ass is so great because of Sean, which is true, but also like, because later, oh my God, later, this it was fine up until there's one time where they're they're like getting hot and heavy and Sean traces a shape on Chase's back and is like, Do you know what that is? That's the outline of your ass. I have it memorized. It's beautiful. I'm just like creeper. Anyway. Yeah, well part of me was like, I mean, but you're looking at it. You don't have to have it memorized. You're like that's... But you know he does. I know. I know he does. Yeah. But and, and so the thing is, um, <laughs> Uh, so he goes to Chase's house mm -hmm. to see what's up. Can't find him. Is kind of walking around the property. Slips, falls, gets electrocuted. Like <laughs> there's this whole shenanigans thing on a, on a fence that is actually kind of hilarious. Yeah. Goes home, just conks the fuck out like, because he's been electrocuted. And by what an I also fence. appreciated, he went to the emergency room. I was like, 
that is such an yeah. adult smart thing to yeah. do. Yep, 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 yep. And I was like proud of the book for doing that. Like, yes, thank you. So goes to the emergency room, is checked out, he's fine, goes home, conks out, wakes up, and and just like a Bigfoot sighting, which was thematically wonderfully put throughout this book. Yeah. Like comes, I, thought, I thought that was going to be the extent of it, but there's more. There's more. So Chase comes out of the bushes and we find out that in fact Chase has maybe for the last couple of days been living in Sean's pool house. In his cabana. In his cabana. And uh and I was like, Are what? we going to investigate why he picked that? Nope. We never do. And that nope. was like and and that was something I thought we could have emotionally gotten into later. One mm-hmm. of the things I really liked is that because Chase is in the middle of a mental breakdown slash panic attack, mm-hmm. that he can't really communicate his feelings. He can't really talk about what's happening. He can't really push forward with this. And that Sean, in part because whatever friendship they have actually developed we have to assume they actually did develop some sort of friendship during the training sessions because based on what i don't know we're, yeah because based based on the fact that sean isn't or that chase isn't the other client that we see chloe who ends up throwing up everywhere or the dog throws up i don't she's a mess chloe throws up. so so we have to assume some relationship has been built he's like let's just get away let's just get away and that was all very nice but it was like and i was happy that there was a reason that he couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't secrets. It was just like he wasn't mm-hmm. ready. And the so scene then I where thought he's... like later, we really do need to get into why mm-hmm. he picked Sean. We mm-hmm. do need to get into that. Yeah. But it can't just be which what he says, which is, I fell in love with you the first time I saw you. And I'm like, fuck you. Uh... I did like the moment outside of the book. The book didn't really build up to it quite right, but I did like the moment where they looked at each other and they both thought the other one was straight. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, there's an okay. Sorry, another rant is a brewing. <gasps> um, so there's a part when Chase was tells Sean, "Oh, I thought you were straight," and Sean has this thought of like. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not especially flamboyant, but also I'm like, okay, I'm not here for this mask for mask fucking bullshit. No, I didn't like that part. That part I didn't like. I I just like the part where they both thought the other one was straight. (laughs) One more rant. Uh, Chase is a selfish top. Selfish lazy top. Because there's a point where he's doing something and then Chase is jerking himself off. And it was like, it was so great watching Chase, you know, like control his own pleasure or whatever it's like jerk the man off for heaven's sakes at least once like put forth some effort anyway so um sean suggests this a particular place in northern california so they go up they they stay at a motel where they get bed bugs and then they don't seem especially concerned about the bed bugs as soon as they leave i'm like no you gotta double check everything anyway they check into like this real nice swanky place where it's like the different lodges sort of like up on the hillside and they're all sort of private. It sounded fucking gorgeous. Except the wind, the giant window right above the bed that like when they're having sex, he was like, Oh, I can turn the lights on or off or whatever. And we, I could use it as a mirror. They did not talk about how first thing in the morning, the sun is like right on top of you, but whatever. It's fine. Um, 
that place sounded amazing oh yeah it sounded great it was so um, great and then if they... i ever went up to a concierge or somebody and was like i need to check into a hotel immediately my last hotel that i was just at last night had bed bugs oh that hotel is not letting me stay there no not even a little bit <laughs> they're not like oh my god so sad for you we'll help you out they're like yeah. get the fuck out well also Someone don't put your stuff anywhere near me <laughs> you're going to a hospital for all i care goodbye <laughs> goodbye what i did appreciate is because they're like uh and then chase started like weaving this tale of like okay please it's our honeymoon blah blah because blah. you know when you say honeymoon sometimes that works on people and so then they did this fake married thing and they were like oh we met on it because because where they were in northern california it's like a tourism spot for Bigfoot and they're like oh we met on a Bigfoot forum and blah 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 and they and Sean is like Bigfoot isn't real this is stupid what are you talking about Jason's like let's just get into it it's fun so they like have this ongoing thing while they're at this lodge where they pretend to be this married couple who are about to like spend their honeymoon go Bigfoot hunting and it was cute and I was like okay okay and I was like oh that's that's more Bigfoot than I was expecting but then we find out, oh my God, in this part, oh, this is so good, that where they were is Sean's hometown, where he grew up, and he is so anti-Bigfoot because his father is super into Bigfoot and decided on Sean's 12th birthday to show up at his party in a realistic Bigfoot costume that was so realistic it fucking freaked people out. And Sean was so scared that at his own 12th birthday, he pissed himself in front of everyone. <laughs> and Sean's like, this is why I hate Bigfoot. And when I read that, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> This is amazing. And the dad was like, what? Bigfoot's awesome. What? Like the dad. Did, oh, God. It was. And like uh, Chase was really charmed. But like he he didn't say whether or not he actually like he was open to the idea of Bigfoot existing, but was mostly charmed by like how into it people got. And then just re like and up to this point, Sean being like, ah, Bigfoot's not real. It's stupid. I'm like, OK, sure. Whatever. He's like rebelling against where he grew his hometown mentality, et cetera. But then when it gets to the story about the birthday party, I'm just like, this is amazing. It was so good. It was so good because it's like, okay, it needs to be embarrassing. And it's like, oh, the dad showed up and the kids laughed at him. No, he fucking pissed himself in front of everyone in middle school. Ah, it was so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, great. So then... They end up, he ends up bringing Chase over to meet the parents because they accidentally run into, inadvertently run into the dad who talks about the the tits of the Bigfoot statue that he made. And later the mom's like, did you talk about the tits? <laughs> yes. So he gets invited over and um, I mean, I guess, you know, Sean's like, now they have gotten, now Sean has gotten to know who Chase actually is and not his like just his buff body his buff body or his like movie star persona like his he he distinguishes his like red carpet persona versus like who he actually is and it's literally clark Kent and superman because sometimes he wears glasses yeah <laughs> you know oh god oh anyway um very hemsworth he's very hemsworth but then at that point he's talking to the mom and he's like oh i think this might be real and like it's been so long and blah 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 
it's like okay i was starting to like i was i was on board at that point i was willing to buy it a little bit more and then the nosy neighbor comes in and sees him sees chase there and then like i mean she wasn't wrong but she's like oh the kid's gay so obviously this is his boyfriend or whatever and i mean like i wish she had asked some like probing questions to be like or were they just friends because she also knows he lives in l whatever anyway it's not worth getting upset about anyway so then she's she's about to tweet like and she does tweet like oh i i saw so and so and he has a secret so then they decide to discredit her by putting on the bigfoot costume and going into the alley and having her post a Bigfoot video video so that she looks like a crazy person. And the mom was like, sure, yeah, gaslight the neighbors. That's fine. And Sean's like, well, when you put it like that. I mean, no, 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 no. We'll tell her as soon as we're done. We'll tell her as soon as it's done. Uh, and then it goes viral and, and she becomes it, a Bigfoot expert. And in fact, it goes all over the world. Right. And then the poor dad is so pissed because he's been, he spent his life looking for Bigfoot. And now she's famous for this fake video. And uh, and then um, and then uh, but here's a part where I thought, actually, this book did a much better job than most books. do. Uh-huh. And how I could tell this was written by somebody who is our age or a little bit younger. Uh-huh. Um, as opposed to the last book, which was written by an old person who doesn't know how to tell time anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just all times meld. Um, this one acknowledged that their parents are Gen Xers. <sighs> that like... Bitch, when I read that, I was like, that can't be right. And then I did the math. I was like, fucking shit. Yes. I'm old. And I don't <laughs> like it. I, and fair, fair, but also this book figured it out. Yeah. Like so many other media are just like, well, my parents, you know, like when the, my dad went to Nam, but we're talking to somebody who's like 20 in 1990, 19, 19, in 2020. Yeah, 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 and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. wow, he had kids old. Like, yeah. <laughs> or people, there are people who still think that, oh, millennials, because they're like 23 or it's like, no, yeah. I'm a millennial and I'm almost 40. So like, Right. Yeah. So, but I liked that this book understood yes. generational yes. time yeah. in the way all of our other books really don't ever understand. Yeah. And and again, like, and this book also brought up like all the Sasquatch things that it talked about was the different, the video named what those videos were, didn't just like vaguely reference mm-hmm. them. Um, talked about actual like different things, all the different names for the Sasquatch, all of the different like conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. um, got into like the Native American tribes, but actually named those tribes. Mm -hmm. Didn't like say, oh, some Native Americans believe, actually said the tribe names and then actually showed an interview of somebody talking who was Native American and their feelings on this, which is like, wow, white people just coming around to this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because it talks about how, how there was something like a Bigfoot in in the the mythos of these tribes and then, yeah this native american is like oh yeah the white people they're just not catching on right and, sure and just like any of the books we read and like i said last time i do believe that there could have been way more diversity written into this book mm-hmm. in all the ways 
you know, more yeah. actual gay trans people, <laughs> but also like, yeah, not just white people. Yeah. But what? But at least they acknowledged. <laughs> like, yeah. So that was that was nice, and that was something that was neat. Yeah. But okay, yeah. So uh, she goes viral. This is also something that this book had that I think a lot of other books don't have. When our main character in other books does something wrong, sometimes it's not that wrong. In fact, it's not bad at all. They just feel weirdly guilty about it for no reason. Yeah, and then the Marnie other person... felt really guilty for checking out Clint's ass in his jeans. Yeah. It's like, I feel so guilty. Why? Yeah. It's He's got like... a great ass. Look at it. Or like even in the other book where she calls in the um, she calls in the Sasquatch hunter, what she did wasn't actually wrong, right? And and yes, both characters acknowledged that. Like everybody acknowledged it, and that all of our stuff is feelings about it are literally just feelings. But it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any actual betrayal. This one, this was an actual betrayal. Yeah, this was an actual fuck up. And I appreciated that they had all talked about like we're gonna we're gonna separate ourselves from like media and Hollywood, and this is like while we're here, we're just gonna separate ourselves from it. And we're just gonna fuck for like we're a just week gonna straight. fuck for a couple of days. Um, and then he, our main character, does look on TMZ, does find out what the celebrity gossip is, does realize that people are freaking worried about him, and instead of going to his now boyfriend because now they're boyfriends in quotes instead of going and talking to him like hey i did this thing i looked it's actually really bad i think maybe you should be dealing with this Mm -hmm. we can deal with it from here and i can be comfort and support for you but you need to deal with this instead of doing that he just called the agent Mm -hmm. behind his back and then left it at that and that is wrong Mm -hmm. that is wrong on many levels that is this guy's practically a stranger and you're deciding his career shit for him Uh like you contacted somebody who is in his fear and like you know like let let them know what's going on you outed somebody in a way like Mm-hmm. that that's not your that's not your and like and then kept it a secret for days mm-hmm. and honestly selfishly mm-hmm. and so like i agreed what happened was wrong yeah. and like deeply wrong mm-hmm. and i appreciated that i appreciated that that was something bigger that had to be overcome than just like something yeah. teensy yeah what i also appreciated about that is that like you understood where Sean was coming from the whole time. And like, you could tell that he was overwhelmed and unsure about the situation. So even though what he did was wrong, you're like, oh yeah, that was a very human yes. way that he handled yes. that. And like, it was a fuck up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an intentional And hurt. he knew it. He's like, that yeah. was a big fuck up. And if I, if I don't acknowledge it, then I won't ruin it. Right. And every day I'm just digging myself in deeper. Yeah. And so that was all things I really appreciated because usually in these books, like whatever the fuck up is, it's not that big. Yeah. And this was actually a big deal. Yeah. But then they end up together. Right. Well, then we plummet towards the end of the book in in a in the well it was all meant to happen way i don't think like either of them actually addressed either of their issues like mm-hmm. i felt like uh i felt like in the end like 
uh, Chase becomes a producer, which all good for him. But I, I genuinely feel like the book decided that, yes, he was going to be punished for being gay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for being bi. Right. Or gay, whatever. Whatever. But like, <sighs> ha ha. But that's not, she didn't actually have to do that. Right. You could actually continue acting. Lots of actors who've come out as gay or bi or, or trans. trans have continued their careers. Uh-huh. Even after they've been in big blockbusters and they've maybe gone on to do the type of acting they actually wanted to do. Yeah. Which is what he wanted. And I was like, I I appreciated the whole the whole thing. I th- like, you know, his producer thing. It was fine for me. But honestly, his passion was in acting and the author decided to take it away from him. And he was good at it. He was very good at it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why that choice was made. And it yeah. did feel like a punishment. Yeah. When we didn't have to, because this is a, as much as the author is drawing from real world things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? We could real world it and say, isn't going to continue on like with the franchise. Mm-hmm. But also, honestly, if this was meant to be a franchise, probably got a contract for our further movies. Mm-hmm. And probably the studio can't drop him super quick. Mm-hmm. And probably all these like fancy fucking lawyers like are going to be able to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. But honestly, even if they did that, maybe that's freeing because he didn't want to do that. And he could do the type of acting he want to do. And now all of these producers that would like to work with an A-list star can now afford him. <laughs> and then we can have a queer actor playing queer characters <gasps> what that's nuts uh, neil that's I know. nuts i don't believe speaking you. of things that are off the wall i'd like to talk about some of the the word choice in this book uh there was the phrase his eyes were as green as grapes yep or something similar those like okay that's interesting but here's a passage i i i have to read this because it boggles the mind so uh, Sean is giving Chase like a back rub or something. Like he's touching up his his body, and Sean says of Chase, "His skin under my fingers was as fine and delicate as dick skin." Yes. <sighs> say, it, say it again because I interrupted you, and the listeners have to hear this. His skin under my fingers was as fine and delicate as dick skin no 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 likey did not appreciate did not want no no i i i don't the the phrase dick skin turns my stomach it is dreadful dreadful and like i was talking with my roommate about this last night that like it'd be one thing if it was like oh he he you know like he kissed his skin and 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 like it was soft it was so soft and delicate that it reminded him of kissing you know his inner thigh great 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 that's a great image it was as soft as dick skin <sighs> no i didn't like didn't want was not okay with yeah that was unpleasant, unpleasant. i will also have to say i don't know if anybody knows this about me but I am not an exercise enthusiast. <laughs> I know very little about exercising. Uh-huh. I know very little about protein shakes. <laughs> <laughs> I have not indulged in that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 
Good for those who have. Appreciate, appreciate. I don't think this author has either, though. No. I do feel like this author steeped themselves in Sasquatch research and decided to and TMZ. go to a gym one time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fair. Um, That's what I would do. No, and, you know, cool. But, like, both of these men uh, are fitness enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. You do not get that far in your career and as and, and become like this big superstar who's who's you know gets into these like latex pants without actually kind of giving a shit about it yeah <laughs> so um i'm gonna have to say i didn't feel like either of these two were actual experts yeah in their bodies or in gyms or in any of that yeah another thing that kind of fell apart for me so we find out after the fact that Chloe, his other client, is the one who sort of like stoked the fire of people freaking out about his Chase's absence. And when I got to I that like, part, I was like, stuff I could have known yesterday. Yeah, I was like, it's like Chloe overheard me talking to Lord. I was like, when? And then I remembered, oh, at the very beginning. And I think that I think the book makes a point of Sean checking to see if it looks like Chloe is listening and then having the conversation or something. Okay, sure. But then also there's a point where a paparazzo shows up and like his presence is not explained at all. Like how that happened because then he also, he also shows up at Sean's house. And it's like, I know Chase has been here. And Sean's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, he comes to your house at night. I know, he said it in such a creepy way. I know. He comes to your house at night. And then they're like, oh, obviously this guy needs mental help. I'm like, or the guy who's showing up in your backyard in the middle of the night to watch you through the window might need some mental help. Yes, I think actually Chase needs mental help. Yeah, yeah. Chase needs, Chase needs a brain personal trainer, a.k.a. a therapist. Well... Don't all of our love interests. Don't all of our everyone's. Um, but actually, I think that's a good place to stop for now. Yeah. It was it was a fun book. I know we we said all the things that are wrong with it, but it's actually a really fun book. Yeah, but that yeah. was that book. That was that book. <laughs> goodness. Are you ready? Goodness, goodness. Are you ready? Fuck Mary. 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 So Claire. Yes. Shall we play some fuck Mary Kill? Let's play some fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> Would you like to go first or should I? You go first. Okay. Claire. Yes. Uh fuck Mary Kill. Libraries, <gasps> lodges, Ooh. or your parents' dining room, <laughs> which comes from, we didn't talk about it a whole lot, but when uh, Sean's parents had Chase over for dinner, they just sat around the dining room and had a lovely time. Uh, Sean's parents were super cute. Oh, yeah. No, Sean's parents super were great. Cute. I enjoyed them very much. Okay. So again, libraries, mm -hmm. lodges, mm -hmm. parents' dining room. I'm going to marry lodges. Fair, fair, I fair. love a lodge. Uh-huh. <sighs> I just, and I know I actually, I agree with the skylight over the bed, but 
I do think like if there was a covering, like it, yeah. like I mean, we're doing a nice lodge here. I'm gonna say I bet a there was remote, a remote control. Yeah, there's a yeah, remote yeah, yeah. control covering because I also actually like waking up to the sun. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be right on me, mm-hmm. but like you know, and it wouldn't so mm-hmm. high up because noon. That's noon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know which way the window was facing. True, but it still would have to be pretty high. Hmm. It would. I mean, I get sun. I mean, it's at this window, but if it's, I assume the roof is slanted. It's probably like ten thirty. Still, like or earlier in the summer. Yeah, and I guess it's like you know it's Northern California, so it's higher elevations. So depending mm-hmm. on like if it's fall, like it could be pretty early in the yeah. morning. Depending, yes, 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 yes. In any case, I'll also agree. in my head canon, there's also a button where that window opens up a little bit. Also, one of the lodge things that I hated about this, I'm sorry, my lodge is going to have two bathrooms, one upstairs and one downstairs. Yeah. I am that not was running weird. downstairs to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. Because what happens if you have to get up in the middle of the night? Also, I'm sorry, private hot tub for me? Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, and that forever? So, yes, marrying yep. that. Marrying that. I'm going to fuck libraries mm-hmm. because. I mean, we should marry libraries so that they're there forever, but uh, I'm going to fuck them. I love a library. Yeah, but you don't, you, you, you have fun with the books and then you give them back. Yes. You don't marry the books. That's the whole point of the library. The library wants Libraries are pimps for books. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Library, uh, for, for the newest generation, Neil, libraries are the Tinder for books. Sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, love a library. Absolutely. Especially like an old fashioned library like she mm-hmm. was in. Now, I've been to a teeny tiny town in Pocahontas, Arkansas mm-hmm. that had a library. Now, this was not this library. This library was in a strip mall. <gasps> and it, and when I say that, it's not really a strip mall. It was more like it was was a... <laughs> was part of the regular square of like you know the town and then it was just off to the side and it was just an old (laughs) building yeah um that was all glass front windows and like this library was absolutely full of what the old people in this town want to read mysteries and romance novels (laughs) great and religious books that's what was in there. there there wasn't like you're not gonna do a lot and like whatever research they want to do on local interest stuff Mm -hmm. that's what's in those libraries Mm -hmm. because that's what the locals need Mm -hmm. it's not going to be full of like all the things like it like libraries small town libraries like that do a very good job of focusing on what their community needs Mm -hmm. so i was like librarians are superheroes yes which as we were coming up onto this library when like i was like oh it's gonna be a shitty library <laughs> <laughs> and i felt bad saying that but i was like i mean it's not gonna be like the treasure trove of the birmingham library yeah you know what though in my mind i pictured this library right over here where you near oh where you live. yes um we have a library on the corner that was built by the um uh, the roosevelt project what was that called the the big one where it was like working 
for the government people. The New Deal? The New Deal. We have a New Deal library. Um, it's gorgeous. It is it's, gorgeous. It's teeny and gorgeous. It is. So anyway, um, anyway, I'm going to kill my parents' uh, dining room, uh, but only because I'm thinking of a very specific one that was just before we got cool new dining room furniture. Mm -hmm. And my dad had brought home from JCPenney's um, some decorations that mm -hmm. had been up at JCPenney's. Now, this is the 80s in New Mexico, which means these decorations oh, no. were, in fact green styrofoam geckos <laughs> i want to be mad but i'm not i know <laughs> and those were on the wall mm -hmm. so it was like our dining room table um, which my dad in fact still uses as a desk in his house right uh, that my mom had painted the legs this salmon pink salmon because it's the 80s slash early 90s what else are you gonna do you, that's what you do and then we had director's chairs you know the ones that fold mm -hmm. up and have like you know that's what that was our dining room chairs oh dear and then the multicolored i, I said green but they were actually multicolored styrofoam geckos that were from jc Penney's on the wall how big were they um i would say like they were about arm's length oh wow so, so it mean, was like an installation yes okay um and it was terrible <laughs> i mean it was very much this was their first home that they moved into they sure, didn't sure, have sure. anything there was well, there were three children one job like there wasn't you, you couldn't go out and get art yeah like, yeah yeah that wasn't like where this was so i i don't begrudge it for being as silly as it was mm -hmm. but i'm gonna kill it because it wasn't great that's fair that's fair that's and fair. that's it great i'm gonna do the same things um, I feel bad. I couldn't think of a third thing, so I just said parents' dining room. No, no, I love it. But I also know, I know that there are people who have very fond memories of, oh, I came out to my parents in our dining room. Wow. Yeah, at our oh. dining room table. Um, that was interesting. Memories. Yeah, sophomore year of high school. It didn't go well at first. Anyway, um, so I am also going to marry a lodge fucking hell man like oh my oh my god so over the new year i was up visiting friends in tahoe and they it's not a lodge it's a nice house because they live there um but just like walking around in the snow and just like oh they also have they have a hot tub so we were like playing with snow in the hot tub and just like uh i could do that as long as i could then just like magically teleport to a place where stuff happens um so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna marry a nice lodge. I'm also I'm gonna fuck a library. Love a library. I love a library. And like the libraries here in San Francisco are so beautiful. They're so beautiful. Uh, Cause like the library in my hometown, uh brutalist architecture from the sixties. Mm. Um, so it's not pretty. It's very functional. It's not pretty. But the library's up here. Oh, God. I want to fuck him so bad. And then I'm also going to kill my parents' dining room. Just because. Memories. Eh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you, Claire. Yes, yes, your yes. turn. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to delve into witches. Yay. There were, oh, there were all kinds of witches at this mystic place. Yeah. Um, And I want you to decide between witches who can bake. Uh-huh. Witches who can find uh -huh. and witches who can control the weather. So we've got baking witches, finding witches, weather witches. Weather witches. Okay. I'm going to marry a baking witch. <laughs> yeah. 
Because I just... Uh, yes. Need to cover that this book, for some reason, hated vegetarians. Yeah, it was weird. And it was upsetting, and I did not like it. I was like, why are we throwing hate at vegetarians? And British people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was like... Definitely it made it seem like being a vegetarian made you weak. Mm-hmm. Like, they acknowledged a oh, one must have some greens. But unless you're a girl who's trying to watch her weight, which is dumb, by the way, but also necessary. Absolutely necessary. If you don't think about calories constantly, then you are a fat, fat woman. Right. The only reason you cannot think about calories is if it's magic. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, fuck you, book. Mm. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm going to uh, marry a cooking witch. I'm going to fuck a finding witch because I feel like we'd fuck and then and then they'd be like, oh, here's this thing you lost. We're like, oh, my God, two great things that happened today. Um, And then I'm going to kill a weather witch. I see the utility, but also I live in California, so I don't have to deal with weather all that much. <laughs> it's not as relevant to my life. <laughs> Well, so more relevant to mine as I'm moving at some point to a place that has weather. So I'm going to marry a weather witch. That's fair. Because honestly, I think ah, that's going to come in handy. And also because I'm going to be in a new place that I'm not as familiar with, I'm going to fuck a finding witch. (laughs) 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 Because man, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to necessarily... I want to know where the good tacos are. I don't want to trial and error it no. sometimes. I just want to have the taco. Life is too short for bad tacos. Yes. So um, that does mean I'm going to kill the baking witch. Not because I don't want a baking witch. Not because I don't understand. Not because That's because you are the cooking witch. Well, I mean, like, I'm, a, you're, I'm actually not that good a baker. Well, but you said cooking. No, I said baking. Did you say baking? said baking oh i heard cooking i made it cooking maybe i said cooking christine will be looking through this later listening through it later and she's like bitch said cooking (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) but anyway i feel like one i'm an okay baker but you're a very good cook i'm a good cook so if it is cooking witch you don't need one in your life because you are a cooking witch right and if it is baking witch then you already have me Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> great, great. And of all, out of all the characters, Claire. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to marry Clint. Okay. Because he's a writer. Mm-hmm. He has a great house that just has a great back porch, which was apparently great for coffee. And also he can run naked from anytime he wants. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds very private. <laughs> and I love it. Um, he also sounded very handsome and made gumbo. Everybody, he made gumbo. He made gumbo. And he made it from scratch from his mind. Like, (laughs) he didn't need a recipe. He didn't need to look that shit up. But he could do it fast. And I was like, yeah, no, I want gumbo on demand. So, uh, I'm going to marry Clint. Were there some character problems in the writing? Yes. Mm -hmm. But actually, he was a good guy. Mm -hmm. And so, was he a little confused? Indeed, but for good reasons. So, Clint it is. Ah. Um, And I'm going to fuck Chase. 
Okay. You sound so sure of yourself. Well, I had a lot of trouble with everybody else. Like, there wasn't yeah. anybody else I really, really wanted to fuck. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you what. Chase's bi or gay or whatever, according to the book. Ah! Again, I would not say that around. And like, maybe my younger self would have said some bullshit like that. Oh, yeah. We all would have <laughs> said that in the early odds. I, I would have. Yeah. So and I'm positive I have said that at some point because I was I, I am capable of being a trash person. Yes. <laughs> and I am capable of looking back and telling that trash self, don't be trash anymore. Don't do it, girl. <laughs> um, but I think Chase seems like he'd be a good one night. Yeah. Like, so, and that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm, also a mm-hmm. movie star. It sounds like he's got a gorgeous fucking house. Mm-hmm. And he sounds like he's got some interesting things going on. He's read books. I like books. His skin is as uh, soft, fine as and skin. delicate as dick skin. Which is strange, but it means it's highly moisturized. So good for him. <laughs> um, or it needs constant moisturizing. I am going to kill his agent, Angie Lord. Oh, okay. Because she was an awful person. Sure. She was like a fully complete bad guy. Mm-hmm. One of my very favorite lines in this book was they kept referring to her as Satan beforehand. And so there was a point in the book where we actually got to say, not today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, okay, this author watched Drag Race. Sure, sure, sure. And I kind of love that. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, and she seemed like the most clear cut bad guy. Mm-hmm. I think overall in most of the books, I was like, I don't know if anybody deserves to outright die. I didn't absolutely hate any character. Mm-hmm. I mean, you like I, I wasn't like outright like, wah. so I'm going to kill the bad guy of the bad guys. Okay. And Neil. Yes. I'm I'm also going to f- fuck Chase. Um he can do his prep by himself that's not what i'm signing up for um but yeah he's like he's really nice it seems like it would be a really like it would be fun but then there'd be good cuddles after and i think it would be it'd be an enjoyable experience i'm going to marry luke who runs the hardware store mystic springs and always knows what you need before you do yes 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 he seemed nice he seemed a little odd and spacey which like yeah, I would get on my nerves, but also I would find charming. Um, so I would marry him. Uh, though we got no description of him, so I don't know. I'm I'm going to imagine he's a person of color, just to make our lives a better place. Um, and then I'm going to kill Chloe, <gasps> oh, who yes. was the the messy um, Instagram the, Z-lister. Yeah, who was famous, according to Sean, was famous on Instagram for doing an impression of a photoshopped Bratz doll. Ah, yes, that's fine. And then also like stoked the fires of, oh my God, like she overheard what was happening to Chase and then like was spinning that to make herself more relevant. Yes. Oh, I I would have to say that this book um, does, uh, as much of the fun things as we said, is a little flippant more than a little flippant about suicide and Mm -hmm. so if anybody's feeling any sorts of feels about that this is not the book for you yeah so like stay away like i uh i tend to like lean towards gallows humor Mm -hmm. and i thought some of it was well done and some of it was inappropriate but 
um for the most part i thought they the the author like was leaning more towards pop culture references and so but if you do have any like feelings about suicide and are not prepped or can't read that right now don't read this book Mm -hmm. like we've said a lot of good reasons to not read this book but like on it that's also fyi one and it happens early it's in the first couple of pages so if you're if you're not ready for like really pretty dark gallows humor nope you can just skip this one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um also really fast i have to ask you and i want to ask christine also um so sean's real name is michael so his name is michael finnegan and he feels that that has made his life terrible because of the song and honestly i was like i have no idea what you're talking about until they quoted the song where it's like there's a band he's michael finnegan again and again again uh, that's not where my brain went the first time I saw Michael Finnegan. Was that true of either of you? Um, it made me feel like the author was from back east and moved to California at some point. Okay. Because like there's a bigger Irish population out there. Um, but that's that's all I got from it. Okay. <laughs> like I'm not familiar with that either. Like I I am from back east. I am currently back east. I am of Irish descent. Um and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure it's like everyone in the Western Hemisphere had heard this song and I was like, Well, not, not me. me. Or like I, I'm familiar with the song, but if someone was like, "Oh my God, can you believe it?" His name is Michael Finnegan. I'd be like, "What?" Because it's super Irish. I mean, I feel like I know twelve Mike Finnegans. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> you probably do. Like, yeah, of all things, it's not the song that is problematic. There, it's just that it's a very common name, and I didn't even know that those that that song had words i've definitely heard that tune before but i didn't realize it had any lyrics yeah at all it's a song about a michael finn again which is why sean goes his middle name is his his he was born michael sean finnegan and he legally changed his name to sean michael finnegan but then chase calls him finn he has too many names he has too many names also i thought it was funny like later it was like Oh, his fitness studio is called Finnegan Fitness. And I was like, fuck you. You don't get to be angry about Mike Finnegan. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Anyway, thank you for validating my my feelings about that. Anyway, so Claire, the books, what would you do to them? Um, This is hard. Yeah. Because I feel like there were so many good things in both of them mm-hmm. and so many bad things. Yeah. Um, so in some ways I want to kill both of them mm-hmm. because they were both killable, mm-hmm. but these were both fun, quick reads. Yeah. Like these were just so easy to get through. They were like, even though, <laughs> even though the librarian book was repetitive and sometimes boring it was still oddly like easy to fall into mm-hmm. and pulled me along. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to, in the end, I think I'm going to kill uh, Bigfoot and the librarian. Uh, mostly just because it didn't feel romantic. I didn't really feel mm-hmm. the chemistry between the two main characters, mm-hmm. but honestly I've killed books for much worse. Mm-hmm. Like, 
uh, crimes. I, I like there were so many things that could be really good about this book, and it was really upsetting that it was so close to being completely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, I I feel like this author like wanted to strike out on her own. She's worked with major publishers. She's done some big stuff. And she just had this and wanted to get it out and good for her. I really genuinely think that it was kind of written as like a niche kitsch it's because it's Bigfoot. But I really think she could have made something of this. Mm-hmm. And then I really kind of wish like it had a hundred more pages because I think there's more stuff she could have gotten mm-hmm. into. I wish it had more historical research into the area. Mm-hmm. And I wish that like it had an editor. Yeah. Who had just gone through and said, you've said this already. You've said this already. And then I think it would actually be a complete book. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm going to kill it because I just think it just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad. Um, and I am also going to kill Gone Squatchin. Mostly for the reasons that you said, like, that it, you know, like, I mean, the sex was just weird. It wasn't human. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, oh, sorry, like, really fast. There's another scene where they went in the hot tub and they each sat on a jet and made out, and that's how they got off. I was really wondering exactly how where their bodies were. I was like, okay, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm on board. I want to put my naked parts on the jets all the time. <laughs> Totes get it. Sure. I think I need a little extra. Yeah. And yeah, they probably like, would also cuz it was it I, it sounded like they sat on the jets. So the jets were on their butts. Right. So like you actually kind of need to like where the jets usually are in hot tubs cuz it's like, on the side. On the side. Yeah. The, yeah, so like you have to be laying down and like you have to hold on to like the side of the hot tub uh-huh. and your legs are all up in the air and and uh, I don't know. Or for them they were like bent forward like pressed up against and like kissy yeah whatever anyway the fact that we have to figure out the physics of this is yeah Yeah. i i mean the sex just wasn't human Mm -hmm. and i would have like a good smut it's just smut um but without like the humanity in Mm -hmm. it which was not great there was so much else good in the book there was I loved all the research into Sasquatch. I loved all of like the way it rounded out, how thematic it was, how mm-hmm. genuinely threaded in it was. And we don't normally get that in books that feel kitsch like this. Mm-hmm. So it's so upsetting to also kill this book because yeah. I do feel like it's almost there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like this person did get a professional editor to go through this. Mm-hmm. I would say like, um, I would have appreciated a draft with a lot less sex and a more in- more intimacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, those are the same thing, right? Right, because we're straight people and we don't know the things. <laughs> so anyway, Goodness. I'm killing both the books, okay. but it's a heartbreak kill. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'm cheating as I... As you, you, you do, you cheat. I do it all the time. I'm going to drunkenly make out with each of these books at the club and then the next day be like that wasn't the best decision i made i was real messy last night and i shouldn't have done that do i regret it not entirely you're gonna ghost these books (laughs) well 
No, because we didn't exchange contact information. <laughs> we literally met at a bar, made out, fondled each other, and then never saw each other ever again. Okay. And and parts of it were great and parts of it were not so great. And it it was an experience that I had and I do not regret the experience. Well, that's great. <laughs> Cuz I cheated. You always cheat. I always do. And yet you're always surprised. <laughs> I am Oh, I just love that this is the one part I never fight you about. Like I never <laughs> say Neil, you can't do this. I'm never like no Neil, you have to stick with the thing. I'm like, well, all right. All right. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it now, but <laughs> we don't have an emoji for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> On a scale of one, two, three, how do you rate this? 75. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to five, how do you rate this? Chair. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> Splendid. Well, you know what this means, though. <gasps> Is it time for our favorite game? It's time for our favorite game. Christine, yes! <laughs> Hello. I'm ready. Okay. Hit me up. I am ready. I am I am warning you both now that this is a very very specific theme. It's very specific. And you might my my prediction is you'll be mad at me for how specific it is, but when you hear what the theme is, you'll both be excited Ooh, about it. Okay. So I'm just forewarning you. Get my thinking cap on. The books we are reading next time are Twisted Creek by Jody Thomas and Satisfaction Guaranteed by Corellia Stetz Waters. One more time. Twisted Creek by Jody Thomas and Satisfaction Guaranteed by Corellia Stetz Waters. I'm going to guess wineries. That's a very good guess, but that is not uh, it. Oh, I was going to guess pyramids. <laughs> um, that that is in the direction of the theme, kind of obliquely, but it's not pyramid schemes. Uh, wineries, pyramid schemes. Is it a uh, mall retail? No. Is it real estate? No. What what in our world in 2022 has satisfaction guaranteed? This is what I am struggling with. <laughs> there seems to be <laughs> nothing that I can think of that has satisfaction actually guaranteed. Is it as seen on TV products? No. Is it small businesses? Very, very close. Is it women-owned businesses? You're practically there. I am. I'm. I'm going to give it to you. Lady inherits a business. Lady inherits a business. I love that theme. And I am especially excited about Satisfaction Guaranteed because it is about a lesbian inheriting a sex shop. Oh, (laughs) it sounds fun. Yes. 
surprising no one, I picked that book and retroactively applied the theme. <laughs> 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 so yes, I'm very excited. That is exciting. Yeah. Great. Well, I guess all we have to say then is uh, thank you, Claire. Well, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, thank you so much, Christine. Thank you, listeners. Thank you with all my heart, listeners. We appreciate you so much. Please tell your friends about us. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that good business. And also thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. We said mean things, but we also said nice things. I hope they even out, I guess. I don't know. Well, really, regardless, you were the one who put in all the work. You were the one who wrote it. You provided it to us to have feelings about. And we congratulate you. Yeah. And that's why we purchased these books. Yeah. 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 yeah you have our money. So whatever. And, and please, other people, buy these books and disagree with us. Like, <laughs> throw money at these authors. I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I guess all that's left to do is that if you can do so safely. Um, consensually. Uh, in a lodge in the woods. Um, in a way that's physically possible. And with skin that is soft as dick skin. Soft as dick skin. Keep, Keep 